friends, I'm Ruth Day. I'm your recovery coach, and I am here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to finding a better life. I'm here sharing my passion for recovery in hopes that it'll help you realize that you're not alone on this path and that there is hope and there is life after recovery. Hi, friends. I'm Ruth, and I'm the recovery coach. And today I'm actually going to talk about what exactly is a substance use disorder. I recently recertified myself in mental health first aid and we went through several chapters. One of them was on substance abuse disorder. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through some of the stats, some of the uh, assessment tools, and you can decide what, if any, applies to you or anyone, any of your loved ones. So a substance use disorder can include any of the following, and there's a few things here. Abuse of alcohol or other drugs, which leads to work, school, home, health, or legal problems. So the abuse leads to difficulties or problems in work, school, home, health, or with the law. Dependence on alcohol or other drugs. So some of the symptoms of dependence on alcohol, uh, first would be a tolerance for the substance. So this is where you would need increased amounts over time and would get less effect with repeated use. And I know this was the case with me where I started my drinking career with, with lovely French wine and finished with straight up whiskey. And even with that, I really never felt drunk anymore. I just got that necessary numbing of the feelings because I couldn't handle being in my own skin. Uh, another symptom is problems with withdrawal. So when you get away or haven't taken your substance of choice, you will start to experience withdrawal symptoms. And these symptoms can be something as simple as craving for whatever your drug of choice is. You can have physical symptoms such as shaking or nausea. Use Another symptom is use of larger amounts over longer periods than intended. Problems in cutting down or controlling use. Now how, have, how often have we done that? It's like, I'm just going to have, I'm just going to drink on the weekends. I'm only going to drink after five. I will drink after the kids go to bed. And we I know I set some of these limits on myself when my brother came to visit and he wasn't drinking. He was like, well, I can't drink if my brother's not. And then I found myself upstairs with a bottle of wine because I couldn't not drink. Another symptom, a lot of time spent getting the substance, using it, or recovering from its effects. So your life revolves around obtaining your, your drink how you're going to consume it. You spend a quite a bit of your time mentally deciding, okay, how am I going to do this? When am I going to do this? And you start scheduling your day around your use. You can also start to give up important social, occupational, or recreational activities because really you're not able to go or your drinking or your substance use has taken, has taken precedence over that. Continued use of the substance despite the negative consequences that you may have already experienced. Here's a sobering statistic. 
approximately 8% of the population 12 and older has a substance use disorder in any given year. Generally, substance use disorders tend to begin in adolescence or early adulthood. The median age is an onset of 20 years. Most people who have or will develop a substance use disorder have developed it by age 27. All right, so I'm going to talk just a little bit about alcohol. So one of the great things about alcohol, great things, and I, I say in, in quotation marks, is that a lot of people use alcohol to treat anxiety, whether you're going into a social situation, uh, whether you have to be at a party, you're going to a wedding, because it can reduce the symptoms of anxiety. But what can happen in the long term is that we find we can't even cope with everyday stuff without alcohol. It can start off as just small quantities that you use to relax, to lower your inhibitions. And if you go on social media, you are inundated with things like, you know, I'm the reason mummy drinks. Or, in fact, I'm going to a networking event, which is wine, women, and wisdom. They pair it with yoga. I mean, everywhere you go, there's this, you need to drink. Mummy needs to drink to be able to cope with life. And isn't that fun and cute? There's all sorts of videos about how much fun you're going to have drinking while you're doing yoga. And generally, life is just more fun and more socially acceptable if you're drinking. So some of the short-term problems caused by intoxication can be simple things like physical injuries. And that can be something as simple as you know, getting a bruise from walking into a wall or tripping over something to something as serious as traffic accidents. Alcohol is related to taking risks sexually. One of the things that can happen when someone is intoxicated is that they are more prone to self-injury or even suicide because alcohol can increase or intensify feelings of anxiety, depression, and anger. It also inhibits the use of effective coping strategies. When you're intoxicated, you are more likely to act on suicidal feelings. The whole disinhibition, which is what, what makes alcohol so attractive, the area of your brain that alcohol takes out first is the most evolved area, which is your frontal lobe. And that's the, the lobe that is that sober second thought that, you know, you might have that crazy impulse that comes up and your frontal lobe will say, yeah, you know, maybe it, maybe you really shouldn't do that thing. But what alcohol does is it goes to the most evolved part of your brain, which is your frontal lobe. So it takes out that inhibition. Then we are more likely to not have as many inhibitions, which is what you see when people are intoxicated, which can be cute and you, you can relax a little bit. But when you step into abuse of alcohol, losing those inhibitions can make you more likely to make poor decisions. And that poor decision, like after you take out your inhibitions, you are less likely to say, well, you know what, I need to stop after a drink, one drink, you know, a couple drinks. You're more likely to engage in behaviors that you wouldn't be able to do if you weren't drinking. So some of the long-term problems caused by alcohol are other substance use disorders. People who use alcohol are more likely to be introduced to other drugs. And depression anxiety, which is a bit of a paradox because a lot of times people start drinking to deal with depression and anxiety. But what happens, drinking heavily will pull you down further. 
abuse of alcohol is associated with social problems, associated with family, with school, with unemployment, with social isolation. And again, all of these things are reasons that social media will tell us we need to drink. Having a hard time with the kids? Have a drink. School stressful, work stressful? Have a drink. Got to go to a party, want to have some fun? Have a drink. But ultimately, what drinking does is it can take over these things. And this isn't for everybody. You know, some people are able to drink and will not suffer these consequences. It's just when you have stepped over from alcohol use to alcohol abuse that these things start to compound. And long-term, heavy alcohol use can end up in physical health problems, liver disease, brain damage, heart impairment, muscle weakness, pancreatitis, ulcers, GI bleeding, all sorts of really attractive and fun things which nobody thinks about or nobody imagines will happen to them. So there's some really interesting talks on gray area drinking, and I will get into that another time. I'm just going to go through some of the stats that we have. And this is what the U.S. government has defined as low-risk drinking. So for women, that would be no more than three drinks a day and no more than seven drinks a week. And here's the thing to pay attention to. What is a drink? A wine glass, especially a really pretty big red one, will often hold three servings of wine. So a serving of wine is about four ounces. And in men, it's no more than four drinks per day and no more than 14 drinks a week. And while that might seem unfair, men have different enzymes that allow them to metabolize alcohol a little better than women. And these, this metabolism is outside of weight and body mass. And the U.S. government has also defined at-risk or problem drinking begins when the preceding, the no more than three drinks a day and seven per week, limits are exceeded. So here is what a, a serving of alcohol is. For beer, it's about 12 ounces, and that is a 5% alcohol content. Five ounces of table wine, which is approximately 12% alcohol, or 1.5 ounces of hard liquor, gin, vodka, whiskey, and that's about 40% alcohol. Now that is gonna obviously change a little bit from brand to brand. But generally, four to five ounces of wine, 12 ounces of beer, 1.5 ounces of hard liquor would be considered one serving. So people who drink above these alcohol recommendations are at risk of developing physical and mental health problems. There is a rapid alcohol problem screen, and these are four questions that you ask yourself just to give an indication of where your life stands with alcohol use. So here are the four questions. Number one, in the past year, have you had a feeling of guilt or remorse after drinking? Number two, during the past year, has a friend or family member ever told you about things that you said or did when you were drinking that you could not remember? Number three, during the past year, have you ever failed to do what was normally expected from you because of drinking? Question four, do you sometimes take a drink in the morning when you first get up? So a yes answer to at least one of these four questions suggests that a person's drinking may be harmful to their health and well-being and may adversely affect their work and those around them. So if you've listened to those questions and now you're wondering, you know, maybe I do have a problem. 
maybe I do need to talk to somebody. There are a ton of resources out there. You can call me. We can do a 30-minute clarity call. That might give you just a little bit of clarity on where you are in your life. There are any number of 12-step meetings around. There's AA. There's Rational Recovery. There's Lifeboat. There's She Recovers. Go on the internet. And I'm going to put some of these resources into the show notes for this podcast. And I'm just going to finish up on what causes uh, substance use disorders. There is no single cause of alcohol use disorders, but there are many factors that increase a person's chances of developing such a disorder. Here are some of those factors. One, the availability and tolerance of alcohol in society. Where alcohol is readily available and socially acceptable, alcohol use disorders are more likely to develop. This applies not only to society as a whole, but also to particular social groups. So take a look around you, the social groups that you're in. What is the baseline for drinking? Is it something that's expected at every gathering? Social factors. Certain groups are prone to alcohol use disorders, including males, people with low education and income, people who have divorced, and people in certain occupations with a drinking culture. And I think more and more occupations with a drinking culture is getting to include more occupations. There's a genetic predisposition. People who have a biological parent with an alcohol use disorder are more likely to develop the disorder, even if they are adopted into a family with no alcohol use disorder. And this certainly was the case with me. Alcoholism runs in my family, my father, my brother, myself, my son. Uh, alcohol sensitivity. Some people are psychologically less sensitive to the effects of alcohol than others. These people are more likely to drink heavily and to develop an alcohol use disorder. And a real point of pride with me was my ability to drink most men under the table. I had a tremendous tolerance to alcohol, and that was something that I think probably helped lead to my dependence on it. People can also learn a habit of heavy drinking. This habit is maintained because alcohol has been associated with pleasant effects or reduction of stress. And this is something we see everywhere in social media, in our social groups, and also other mental health problems. People who have had other mental health disorder may use alcohol as a type of self-medication. So things like anxiety, depression, social anxiety, you may start drinking just as a way to cope with shyness, being an introvert in an extroverted world. And what that can do is it can lead to a dependence on alcohol. Now, what I'm not saying is that every person who has any of these risk factors will develop a substance abuse problem. That's simply not the case. What I am inviting you uh, in this very informational podcast is to take some of these some of the questions that I talked about some of the risk factors and apply them and thoughtfully and mindfully examine your own life and decide if any of these do apply to you and then if you decide that they do to take action on that because the progression of alcoholism and a substance abuse disorder isn't that it plateaus and you just maintain a certain level of abuse. 
it will increase with time. The adverse effects from it will increase. So take some time. Give, an honest, give yourself an honest reflection of where you are with your substance use. Maybe this is something you would share with a friend. And then if you, if you think, well, you know, maybe I have a problem. I run a Sober Curious group once a month. You can come to that. You can get a, on a clarity call with me. Go to chatwithruth.com. And again, I'm going to put in the show notes, but there are many, many groups around to help you. Some of them are online. Some of them resources in your community. There is a tribe out there to help you if you decide that help is something that you need. I'm Ruth. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll talk to you later. Maybe you're in recovery. Maybe you're coming out of recovery. Maybe you're sober curious. Listen to this podcast. See what you think. If it resonates with you, hop on a call. Go to chatwithruth.com. Click the 30-minute clarity call and we can talk. I'm Ruth. I'm the recovery coach. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. We'll talk soon.